Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Help these teenagers that were awaiting murder. They were on trial for murder. And David Wilkerson went, he went into the courtroom, and they kicked him out. They kicked him out. But he was persistent and he was obedient to what the Lord was asking him to do. And he knew that his calling was to open up a teen challenge to help the gang members in New York. He saw the need that there was drug addiction, there was alcoholism, there was gangs, there was violence that were in the streets of New York. And he knew that he wanted to help those boys. And so that is how Teen Challenge got started. That is what Teen Challenge is. Um, We have a short video that we're gonna play and then we'll go in deeper to the who and the why. I didn't have no hope. My life was misery and chaos. My life was just basically surviving one minute at a time. In a matter of months, my whole life went downhill. I lost everything. I became homeless. I had to scrape for food, panhandle for money, panhandle to get high. When I eventually started using heroin is really when everything kind of spiraled downward. I uh, tried to commit suicide and I'm not, you know, fighting this anymore. It was exhausting, you know. Like, I'm living the complete opposite of hope. For the last 60 years, Teen Challenge has been... I didn't have no hope. My life was misery and chaos. My life was just basically surviving one minute at a time. In a matter of months, my whole life went downhill. I lost everything. I became homeless. I had to scrape for food, panhandle for money, panhandle to get high. When I eventually started using heroin is really when everything kind of spiraled downward. I uh, tried to commit suicide and I'm not, you know, fighting this anymore. It was exhausting, you know. Like, I'm living the complete opposite of hope. For the last 60 years, Teen Challenge has been... That is, that is not the video. But, anyway. Uh, <laughs> we... <laughs> Teen Challenge uh, is a very, very strict, difficult, hard program for a lot of people. It's not, it's not for everyone. Um, these guys, day in and day out, wake up early. They 
do their devotions and they get ready to go to, uh, to work and they work, work each and every single day. Some of the things that they do when they're at work, um, we have a detail shop on uh, West Tennessee Street. Maybe some of you guys have been there, maybe not. Um, we also have what's called a chamois crew where, each, where our guys go to different dealerships and they chamois the vehicles on the lots. And then we also contract out some of our guys to do um, different things with different business owners in the community. And so that's just one of the ways that we help uh, fund the program. Because unlike some programs out there, we never want to turn away anyone. And so in the guys going out and working, it help it helps offset the cost for them being able to be in our program. And the next thing I want to get to is the who. The who is important. First and foremost, Jesus. But not just Jesus, it's the who we do what we do for. And the first person I want to bring up is Kendrick. Um, let's give him a round of applause, guys. Kendrick is going to share his testimony um, but uh, not only has he gone through Teen Challenge, but he is one of our newest team members here in Tallahassee. Yes. And so he's going to share his testimony with you guys. And just remember, there's going to be um, a couple of guys come up here and share their testimony. And these guys are the who. The who in the part of Teen Challenge. Amen. Good morning, church. Um, yeah, I just want to start off. My name is Kendrick Wade. I'm from Fort Myers, Florida. I want to open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak through me, that you allow my words to be the words of you, Lord, Father God. And everything that is of me, Lord, may die to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty. Um, yes, I want to start off by saying, um, as a young boy, I was you know, looking for an identity and um, a father figure. And, you know, in the midst of that, you know, I found myself searching things and um, moving after things that was not of the Lord, um, that was, you know, not a father figure. And um, I remember, you know, as a young boy, you know, not being raised, you know, in the household with fathers, you know, the, the very own father that I seen was uh, my uncle, you know, he was inside of the streets and, you know, a, a drug dealer and um, just a violent man. And, and so, you know, I thought that that's what a man was, you know, and um, I find myself moving in those same ways that he was not knowing the root, you know, of who he really was, you know, and um, once I find myself inside of it, it was like, you know, that. I knew that this was not what the Lord had for me. I knew that, you know, that God had a greater plan for me that I was meant to serve a purpose. And so, um, you know, in the midst of that, you know, and I'm born and raised inside of the church and, um, you know, faithfully serving the Lord. And um, I ventured off, you know, into, you know, my own path, my self-pleasure. And it led me down a dead world to the point where I have two bullets inside of my leg right now. You know, I am a miracle child of God. You know, I'm meant to be, you know, where I am today, you know, blessed and set free. 
Um, I just want to thank you guys, you know, for allowing us to be a part of what God is doing inside of the hearts and lives of each and every one of you guys. Um, Teen Challenge has showed me um, relationship, that we are born to have relationship, that we crave and yawn to be in a relationship. And now, you know, me these guys, you know, um, Teen Challenge, and um, it's showing me that, you know, that you can have healthy relationships, you know, on, on principles, you know, on the foundation of Jesus Christ, you know, just the love of the gospel, you know, that spread through each and every one of us, you know, it hit us like a wildfire, you know, I just want to thank you guys for letting me share, um, I'm going to leave you with this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Verse 8, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth of God. Thank you, Kendrick. So what we do is we provide hope and transformation through a Christ-centered program. And we do it for the who, for the Kendricks, for the Devons, for the Jakes, for people that are struggling, maybe in your family that need help now. That's who we do it for. And the why is because of the relationship that they get with Jesus, the reconciliation that they get with their families, the purpose that God gives them, the calling that God has placed on their lives for them to be able to answer that calling that God has called them to, to raise them to be men, men of God, fathers, sons, husbands. That is why we do what we do at Teen Challenge. That is why we try to put hope within reach of every addict. Because that once a called addict of the world calling that addict, they will always be an addict, is not true when they step through the doors of Teen Challenge. God has called them. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. And that is what happens when the men walk through the doors of Teen Challenge. So the next person that I would like to ask to come up to share is going to be Donnie. Good morning, church. Um, um, thank you, Miss Cassie. I'd like to give honor to God and um, honor to the pastor of this church. Thank you all for allowing us to be here. Um, I'm thankful for my director and his wife. We have a, a great leadership at Teen Challenge. I'm thankful for all the staff members and interns. They do a great job. They've been through it, so they understand uh, when you come through the doors broken, um, desperate, in need of hope, these guys have been through it, and they understand what it takes you know, for your life to change, what it takes to uh, change what you've been doing. Um, give your life to God and surrender and say, okay, Lord, not my will, but yours. It is not what I want, but what you want. Um, and sometimes that's tough and you need love and compassion when you come through those doors and thank God for staff members and interns that understand what you're going through. Um, you know, and they, um, they take you under the wing, so to speak. I'm very grateful to Teen Challenge. Uh, when I was very, very young, you know, there was turmoil in my home. I had a mother that was serving God. My father was not. He was um, in full-blown drug addiction, alcohol. Uh, so there was a lot of turmoil after 14 years. My mother could not take it anymore. She decided what was best for her family, what was best for her soul, um, and to split, you know. And so 
I respect my mother's decision. I know it had to be tough. So she went on to serve God. Uh, we separated. And at the age of 14, I decided that my mother was very strict, you know, that uh, everyone had their own relationship with God. And uh, I asked mom to go back to dad. I wanted to go back to dad's in Jacksonville, Florida. So she allowed me to do that with a lot of prayer, I'm sure, because that was not an easy decision for my mother. My mother knew what was coming. She knew that I would, uh, I would go through some things, but she trusted God. She made the decision to let me go back to my dad's in Jacksonville, Florida, um, because she trusted the Lord and only because she trusted God. It was not because she knew that was what was best, but she knew she had to put me in God's hands. And so I go and, uh, that decision led me into 20 years of alcohol, drug addiction, violence, um, anything that you could think of, you know, for 20 years, I destroyed my body. I destroyed my mind. And it was only by the grace of God and by a mother on her knees, praying, interceding, weeping daily, um, having a relationship with God, crying out for her son's life that I stand here today in front of you. Because if it was not for God's grace over and over and over, I would not be here. Um, to fast forward a little bit, those 20 years uh, destroyed my body. And at the age of 35, there was no other way, like the man said earlier, uh, about building on the sand. We try everything that we know to do. We'll build on everything in the world. We'll build on anything instead of building on God, building on the word. And that's what I did. And I kept falling. I kept falling. The wind came and blow me down. Everything would just destroy me. And at 35, I said, okay, God, I cannot do it anymore. I've tried everything. I'm going to try you. And I said, I put you first, no matter what it takes. I was in a horrible place, broken, like literally broken. Um, and I gave my life to God. I put him first. And uh, he restored my life. He put me in Columbus, Georgia, brought me out of Florida, put me in Columbus, where I have a great church, a, great, a home. He restored my family, me and my wife and my children. have a um, great home up there. And um, I slipped. I, uh, I stopped reading my word. I stopped reading the Bible. And I figured that, you know, as long as I was still going to church, that I could make compromises. And those compromises cost me dearly. I uh, disobeyed God over and over. And he kept warning me. And after uh, two years of serving God, he restored my life, my family, gave me everything that I needed and placed me where I needed to be. And um, I disobeyed him one last time, and it almost cost me my life. I had a massive overdose, massive kidney failure, where I was crippled. Um, I was in a bed 48 days, you know, with no kidney functions, and um, on dialysis. And they said, you know, you won't come off dialysis because your body is destroyed. You have destroyed your kidneys. And by the grace of God, I think 22 days into it, I had some people in there praying with me. And um, the doctor walks in. She says, Don, I don't know what happened, but your kidneys are functioning. They're, where they, they're working. And I'm like, thank you, God. It was a, it was a miracle, you know. God is... Um, He's faithful and he's good. You know, even sometimes when we, when we don't deserve it, he's still good to us. And uh, by the grace of God, I um, got therapy in Warm Springs, Georgia. It's the Teddy Roosevelt. Um, has a center up there. It's a rehabilitation facility for people that are crippled. And uh, they get me out of the wheelchair. They stretch my legs out in the hamstrings and uh, gruesome and rigorous stuff. But it, it got me on my feet with braces. They put braces on both legs. And I got up on a walker and I was able to move. And at that point, um, I was accepted in the Teen Challenge because I was actually mobile, barely mobile. But um, I barely got in the door. Thank God that they accepted me. And um, through these 10 months, almost 11 months of being at Teen Challenge, I have, uh, I have prayed. Like she said, I get up with these guys. I pray in the morning. We eat together. We do devotion together. We lift each other up. You know, when I'm in pain and I'm crying, these guys are praying for me. 
um, and just through this process uh, of building a relationship with God and, and being obedient daily and making these disciplines of getting up, reading, doing what you're supposed to do, just through these simple obediences, God transforms your life. He not only changes the outside, but he changes the inside. And um, I, I stand here today, I have no braces, I have no walker, I can jump and I can run, and I'm really not supposed to be doing that, you know, and um, amen. I just want to give thanks to Teen Challenge, and I want to let people know that, you know, Teen Challenge is a great program. If you know anybody, um, you know, God uses Teen Challenge. There's so much power, you know, in, in prayer, and there's so much power in being in a, Christ, um, a Christ-centered environment and having brothers that have been through what you've been through that, that can help you through it because you can't do it on your own. Um, I think we're in like 163 nations, and that's great. God's doing great things in Teen Challenge, and he will continue to do great things. So if you know anybody, I highly recommend it. Um, I thank God and I thank Team Challenge and I, I thank the leadership and thank you guys for listening. God bless you. Thank you, Donnie. And that is just another reason why. Also, can I get a raise the roof for the praying mamas? <laughs> if it hadn't have been for my praying mama that prayed for me through my addiction. I went through Teen Challenge um, in Alabama. If you can't tell, I'm from the South. <laughs> I'm getting over a little cold, so it's a little more raspy than normal. Um, but thank God for a praying mama that prayed when she didn't know where I was at night, that was on her face and knees crying out to God. And I thank my mom for showing tough love. My mama went as far to the extreme as she possibly could to even get me arrested. And some people would be pretty mad about that. <laughs> uh, and in addiction, I probably could have used another word. But, <laughs> but my mom loved me enough that she was not gonna go another night worrying that she told me she would rather me hate her for the rest of my life than her to have to bury me. Then for her to have to go another night waiting by the phone if she was going to get a phone call that I was dead and no longer living. And to this day, I'm so grateful for that. I'm thankful for my mom showing me tough love willing to be brave enough to say, I've seen enough. I'm not going to let you go through this anymore. To set it up to where I got arrested and then later into Teen Challenge. And uh, in Teen Challenge is where I met Austin. Uh, we've been married for going on four years now, and we have two beautiful children. And that is only by the grace of God. That is only through restoration, through transformation, through Teen Challenge. And now Teen Challenge is not what changes people. Teen Challenge is the vehicle that God uses through obedience to change people. And so uh, the next person that I want to come up, he's shaking his head no, but let's give him a round of applause. Cody, come on up. morning church uh, I know one thing for certain two things for sure God is good and he loves us and uh, 
<laughs> He's been watching over me since before I was born. Um, I was adopted. My birth mother was with her boyfriend up in Alaska, and when she was eight months pregnant, uh, he tried to kill her and tried to kill me as well. But she had met a uh, pastor and his wife who lived in Texas, and she called them, and they flew her down there. And that pastor and his wife happened to know two God-fearing people in Colorado who were looking to adopt. So they drove down to Texas and picked me up when I was three days old, and drove me back to Colorado. So I grew up in a small mountain town with God-fearing parents. Everything was really good. And then I hit puberty and got in the way. Um, wasn't, it wasn't a good thing. And by 15, I was just running away and causing general mayhem, uh, gotten far away from God. I had uh, two younger sisters who were both adopted as well. And it was time that I needed to take away from the family for a year and reconnect with God. And so I did that, and that worked out well. Came back, and I wasn't doing completely well. But then I got married, ended up working for an airline, everything I thought was going good, but I kept getting further away from God. And then it came to a nasty divorce, and I lost my children, and I went off the deep end for years. I uh, ended up catching a felony in Texas, and because I hadn't been in that much trouble with the law, they just put me on probation, but I couldn't do that. My addiction was too bad. So I ran from that, ended up back in Colorado, and uh, a dude tried to kill me with a piece of rebar in an alley. And I went home and went to bed that night, my head filled with blood. I should have died, but I didn't because of God had a brain surgery, forgot that I was on the run from the law in Texas, and then got into ministry and did well, fell in love with Jesus. I gave everything to God except for 1%. <laughs> and then I stopped doing the small things, my devotions, my even going to church, but I was listening to praise and worship, so I was good. <laughs> that uh, that led me into a 10-year relapse. Uh, I actually, then during that time, I had run had run-ins with the laws, but that warrant that I had run from on my probation never came up, finally came up about four years later, and so I went to prison. And then, <laughs> that was fun. Got out of that, that put me even further off the deep end. And the Lord saved my life in there once again. So continuing to do drugs, continuing to just drink like there was no tomorrow, was traveling around because I didn't want to stay anywhere, couldn't stay anywhere, couldn't hold anything down. And uh, I was gonna try once again a couple years ago, get my life together. My mother was helping. Uh, me try to do that and I decided to come down to Florida so I got a ride with someone who seemed respectable that I met through a friend of mine uh, we got down here and he took me hostage saw, shot somebody uh, was gonna kill me but didn't kill me uh, I ended up going to jail uh, because I was in the car with him and uh, 
during this whole time, like Cassidy was saying, Donnie was saying, my mother was praying. Because when I called her and told her I was coming down to Florida with this individual, she felt that she would never see me again. So I got out of jail, figured, okay, because I reconnected with God while I was in jail. I figured, I've got this. I can do this with God. Had a place to stay down here. <laughs> that didn't work out. Drugs and alcohol again. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. So God directed me to this teen challenge. And I'm in love with Jesus. And it's that Christian environment that points everything towards God that does it, that did it for me, that made me fall in love with Jesus again. And uh, Jesus said in uh, John 15, 9, he was talking to his disciples, so he's talking to us. As the Father loved him, so he has loved us, abide in his love. And that's just what I'm going to do from here on out, is just live in his love. Because the word abide means to reside or to stay in. So I'm in love with Jesus, and I'm going to stay in his love. Thank you, church. Thank you, Cody. Isn't it great to know that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony? It's so awesome. And these guys have done that today. Um, the next person that's going to come up, he's going to share a brief word with you um, before we wrap it up. And uh, he is a dear friend to Austin and I. Not only is he a staff member, but we've walked through this addiction journey with him for a long time. And um, we've watched him just grow and just thrive in the calling that God has on his life. So I won't take up too much uh, any more time, um, but Devin, you can come on up. Good morning, church. You know, I'm sitting down there listening to all these guys get up here and talk, and you know, so often we can, or so often I sit and I hear people talk about all these things, and I just hear words coming out sometimes and I don't stop to think about the true miracles that we're actually hearing, that we're actually seeing right now. You know what I mean? That it, the, the world is so good and my mind is so good sometimes at playing things off like it's coincidence or like we're actually doing something, right? It's the Lord doing these things, you know? And I've been through Teen Challenge myself, um, graduated Teen Challenge and it, it I graduated in 2017 and it hasn't been a perfect walk for me, right? I have fallen madly in love with the Lord and then I found myself falling off so many times and I would get, I would get so aggravated with myself, not knowing, um, not knowing why sometimes, right? And I would pray and ask the Lord, please, please share with me, please help me. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep going back to the same life I was living. I don't want to keep going back to my addiction to my sin, to all these things. And, and the Lord shared with me this message that I'm going to share with y'all um, right now. And, and I want to talk about remembering forever, right? And I'm going to start in the book of Exodus. Uh, 
Um, chapter 1, verse 11 says, So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. The Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter. The Pharaoh ordered any baby boy to be killed, to throw every baby boy into the Nile River. And when I read that, it must have been living hell for the Israelites. Can you imagine seeing, even seeing, even if it's not your baby boy, can you imagine seeing a baby boy thrown into the river? Like that's just, it, it must have brought these Israelites to a place where they were just lost. You know, they were being crushed down by the world around them. And there's so many situations in life that cause me fear, that cause us fear, that can have us feeling worn down with crushing labor, that can, that can make our lives bitter. It can have us feeling absolutely lost. And in Exodus 2, verse 23, it says, Years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. And like the Israelites had a burden of slavery, we have a burden of sin. And it was interesting to me that, you know, in chapter 1, verse 8, it says, eventually a new king came to the power of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. So you have these, these Israelites um, who, who weren't in slavery, right? They, they were living in Egypt alongside the Egyptians. And then all of a sudden, one day, essentially, they wake up. And they're in slavery, right? Well, one day we too are born into sin. Um, and this, this world we live in today, because of that sin, can have us groaning under the burden of many things, right? And that sin can manifest itself into so many different things. And for me, that sin manifested into an addiction. It, it, it led me down a road where, you know... I didn't want to be anymore. I didn't want to think anymore. My family wanted absolutely nothing to do with me. And, and eventually it got me to a place where I just like, I threw my hands up. I had been in so many different rehabs. I've tried so many different things and, and I cried out for help, right? And God heard my call. And that's what the Israelites did. They were so broke. They were worn down. This, this burden of slavery that they had just when I was reading this, it just related to me so much. My burden of sin that, that I continued to live in, it just broke me. It brought me down. And that's what, that's what sin does to us, right? But, but what did God do for the Israelites? Right? He did 10 miracles for them. You know what I mean? They cried out to him. He heard them. I cried out to God. God heard me. I'm sure people in here, has, any, has God ever done a miracle for anybody in this room? Amen. I'm going to tell you, if your hand's not raised, he did it. You know, he, he died on a cross for us. He gave us, a, he gave us a forgiveness. You know what I mean? That's the greatest miracle, right, that, that we have all experienced in our lives. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But God did those 10 miracles through Moses and Aaron before the Pharaoh let them go. And the Lord has done so many miracles in my life to set me free from my slavery um, he has got me through situations I thought were impossible, right? There's so many times in life that something comes up, a situation comes up, and I'm sure y'all can think of situations right now that you have stopped in your tracks on and been like, there's no way I'm making it through this, right? You're looking with your eyes and you're seeing a situation that's impossible to overcome. 
You know, you're doing this math in your head about finances, thinking, oh, there's no way I can afford this. The doctor's telling you there's no way you're ever going to walk again. There's all these things that are going on in this world, yet, yet you're here, right? You made it through those things. God did those miracles for you just like he did for the Israelites, right? And in Exodus 12, 42, it says, on that night, on the night that the Lord freed the Israelites from their slavery, right? He kept his promise to bring the people out of the land of Egypt. So the night belongs to him. And it must be commemorated every year by all the Israelites from generation to generation. And the Lord gave a, a, a list of instructions, right, for that Passover, for the night that they were freed. And, and it got me thinking, I wonder why the Lord gave this big, long list of things that require discipline and time and effort to do, right? And at the end of that list of things he said, it's, it's so you can remember this day. And it was so cool to me that, you know, the, the Lord showed me it connects with my walk today with the Lord, right? Like we have to do these things. We have to do these things that take discipline, getting in the word. And half the time we don't even want to do that. You know what I mean? But we need to do it. Prayer, we have to do it to fellowship. We have to do it to share our testimonies. We have to do these things. They don't just come. It's not just some easy thing that you wake up one day and you're like, oh yeah, I can't wait to do all these things. No, it takes discipline. It takes time and it takes effort to truly live for the Lord, to truly do what the Lord wants us to do. It's a difficult thing sometimes, but it requires discipline. It requires time and it requires effort for us to do this all the time. In Exodus 13, 3, and this is, this is where the Lord just tore me up. He said, this is the day to remember forever. To remember how long? Forever, forever right? The day you left Egypt, the place of your slavery, today the Lord has brought you out by the power of his mighty hand. Has the Lord done that for anybody in this room, right? Well, we're called to remember that forever, forever, right? And he gave the, the, all those disciplines for the Passover, the, the no leaven in the bread for so long, and the list goes on. I'm not going to get into the list, but that just hit me like it. For us to remember forever, it takes discipline, right? It takes an effort. It's not just a fleeting thought, oh, I remember that miracle God did for me. No, rest in that miracle for a, mem for a minute. Don't forget that, right? Every day you wake up, remember those things that God has done for you. The times the Lord has rescued us from our slavery, from our fear, from our misery, from our crushing, from our own selves, we are meant to never forget. The Lord tells us to remember forever, just like he told the Israelites to remember forever. And this is what I thought was really cool, because in Exodus 13, 80 says, on the seventh day, you must explain to, to your children that I'm celebrating what the Lord did for me when I left Egypt. So back up in verse, in chapter 12, verse 42, he says, from generation to generation. And now in chapter 13, he says, explain to your children, right? These things, these miracles, when we're called to remember them, it's not just for us, right? Tell your children about it. Tell people around you about it so they know what happened, right? From generation to generation, we need to be telling our testimonies. We need to be telling about these miracles that God has done in our lives. It's not 
again, it's not an easy thing to do. The Lord really showed that with me. It's like I kept falling off and I would be in my burden of sin, my burden of slavery. And it was like, why do I keep, why when something in life comes my way, do I panic and freak out and think there's no way I'm going to make it through it. So I just fall back into my sin. That's the comfortable thing to do. So I just fall back into it because I'm not putting the discipline and the time and the effort it truly takes to remember what the Lord has done, to truly change my heart, and to change the inside and actually remember those times. And it's, it really hit me hard when he says in here to tell your children, to tell generation to generation, because at some point in time, if you're not sharing those miracles that God has done in your life, it becomes selfish. We've got to do these things, share these things with your children, share these things with your neighbors, share it, right? So that you can remember and so they can remember what the Lord has done for you. But unfortunately, our quick forgetters are very good. I call it quick forgetters. Nobody's laughing. It's supposed to be funny. Anyway, <laughs> the Israelites' quick forgetters were very good too. Because in Exodus 14, 9, the Egyptians chased after them with all the forces of the Pharaoh's army. All the horses, all the chariots, his charioteers and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore. And how many know that just because the Lord rescues you doesn't mean the enemy is not going to chase after you, right? It doesn't. The last thing the enemy wants you to do is remember those miracles God's done in your life, right? Because then you're going to do exactly what the Israelites did and they panic. The, the enemy will come at you with everything you had. It's like, so... I got saved, right? And I started living this life uh, free from addiction, right? Because of the power of Jesus Christ. Next thing I know, life starts just tearing me up. All these things start happening. I'm like, what is going on right now? You know, and I fully believe that once God does that huge miracle in your life, the enemy doesn't want you to hold on to that. You know, the enemy wants to make you think it's not from God, right? It's something you did. It's something the world did. It wasn't a miracle. It was a coincidence. It was an accident. No, it was the Lord. It was a miracle. Hold on to it and remember it and be prepared for the enemy, for your own mind, for the world to try to take that away from you, to try to take away the glory from God and give it to somebody else or something else. Right. It takes time and effort to remember those things and it is extremely important. And in Exodus 14, 10. As the Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up. And what they do? They panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? And just like that, the Israelites forgot about these 10 miracles that God just did. It's like I put myself in that time and you think about all these miracles God did to free them from Egypt. It's like if I was there and I saw those 10 miracles... And then a day later, I come across another obstacle. In that moment, why would I not think God just did 10 miracles for me? Why, is he, why would I second guess that he's going to help me with this as well? But that's what they did. They looked up. They panicked. And so many times in life, I've done the same exact thing. I get in a situation. I look up. I panic. I think there's no way through it. And I forget about all the situations God has done for me already. I do it today. It's like there was a point in time in my life, right, where 
You know, I thought all hope was lost. If you would have asked me, I would have said, like, the reason I was still even breathing was because the reason I was still even trying to deal with life is just like, I thought I wouldn't be alive tomorrow. You know, so I would do these things and like, I'm not going to face the consequences for them because in my addiction, I just expected to die. Right. And, and it was a it was a miserable place to be. And there's so many times when I should be in prison. Right. And I'm not, you know, I should be dead. I could go on and on and on about these miracles God has done in my life. And if I were to stop in that moment right today, like Let's say that I get a traffic ticket and I freak out because I don't have enough money in the bank to pay the traffic ticket. I start panicking. I start freaking out and I start running around. Well, what if I stop in that moment and I think about how many times God has pulled me out of so much more than that? You know what I mean? That allows me to, to number one, not try to get my own way out of it. You know, in, in Exodus 14, 13, this is what Moses said. This is what the Lord said to them. He said, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. That's such a beautiful thing because I tell the guys at the center all the time. I always tell them this. They're probably sick of hearing it, right? But not being afraid allows me to think straight, right? It allows me to stand still and stay calm and remember all those miracles God has done in my life. It takes me back to that first altar where I felt God's love. If y'all remember that right now, take yourself back to where when you really experience the love and the grace of Jesus, take yourself back there and don't just let that be a thought, man. Meditate in that, pray in that, remember what you saw. Remember what you smelled. Remember what you tasted. Remember that moment when God freed you, right? When he did that miracle. There's all these things, these, all these altars we can go back to and remember. And I'm going to tell you right now, every time I do it, it almost makes me laugh that I'm worried about certain things I get worried about, right? Because the Lord has delivered me from so much in my life. When I remember those, that these, these problems I face today seem small compared to what he's got me through. And that's exactly what the Lord did, right? Even when they were panicking, he, he split the Red Sea for them. They went through the Red Sea, right? And crushed all the enemy behind them. And the Lord continues to do that, right? He did these miracles for the Israelites. They panicked, they freaked out, and he still rescued them, right? The Lord's done that in my life over and over and over again. But in that moment, like I wanna save myself from that panic. I wanna save myself from that fear because in those moments is when it allows the sin the opportunity to creep back in. It allows my old self the opportunity to creep back in. And, you know, I'm just so thankful that, the God, that God gave me this revelation. Because every day I wake up, I do that. I think about times when God has absolutely performed a miracle in my life, right? And freed me from something. And I really encourage all of y'all today to... To do that, to think about all those miracles God has done in your life, to take the time out and do it. Don't just think about it. Don't let it be a brief thought. Write it down. You know what I mean? Every detail of it that you can remember. And when you get done doing that, share it with somebody beside you. 
right? That's what we're supposed to do. It's what we're called to do. And I'm going to end with 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10, where Paul says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our own ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely on God who raises the dead. He did rescue us from mortal danger and he will continue to rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. I encourage you not to forget that suffering that God delivered you from, whether it be a life of sin, whether it be some medical diagnosis, whether it be financial, whether it be you seeing a family member get delivered from something. Don't forget that, please, because that's such a powerful thing. And share it with your children. Share it with the generations below you so they know the God. They know who God really is, right? He's a God of miracles. He can do whatever he wants. Thank you all. I'm going to call pastor up here to close this out. Good stuff, bro. I'll take it. Hey, give it up for Teen Challenge one more time, will you? We're going to take a moment and um, give you an opportunity to just sow into this ministry. Uh, we're going to receive an offering, special offering that will go completely uh, to Teen Challenge this morning. And so you can begin to kind of ask the Holy Spirit what he would lay upon your heart. Uh, to give. Uh, Maybe you're like Andrew and I, we give online. And um, if you want to give online today, uh, you can text the word teen, T-E-E-N, and then the dollar, the number amount that you want to give today to 84321. 84321. So you can go to your message up in the to field, type in 84321. Three, two, one, eight, four, three, two, one. I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah. The one that we have is incorrect, so don't put that one up there, but eight, four, three, two, one. And then you can uh, put the word teen and just a numerical dollar amount that you want to give this morning. Um, We'll also be passing buckets. So if you want to give cash or write a check, you can write a check to Transformation Church and then we'll cut them a check. Um, afterwards, but, um, you know, I was kind of like noticing a thread through, through these stories and through the message today. And I've noticed in my life that there are seasons where I'm just passionate for God. And then there are seasons where it feels like that passion is kind of waning. And there's, there's this prayer in Psalms that David prays to restore the joy of my salvation. And it's a prayer that I've prayed often throughout my life. And and as I began to listen today and just asking the Lord, what what are you speaking to me? God, what are you wanting to give me today in this time through these testimonies and, and through this message? You know, I think the quickest way for us to lose the joy of our salvation is to lose our perspective of what we've been saved from. I think it can be easy for us to kind of categorize sin in our life and we kind of put some sin on this pedestal of being, oh, this is the really bad stuff. And then it kind of comes down the road, but in God's eyes, it's all the same. That when we tell a lie, like when we cheat, you know, 
whatever sin it is in our life that through God's eyes, it is a sin that robs us of eternity with the Father. And that we have to have what Jesus offered on the cross in order to bring salvation and restoration in our souls. And I love the part about just the challenge of, of sharing what God's done in our life for generation to generation to generation. I mean, that's what our church is all about. We are a people of legacy. That we have a 65 year heritage of people that have gone before us. Like this morning, you sit in the seat of somebody else's sacrifice. Have you ever thought of that? Like today, you are sitting in the seat because somebody 35, 40 years ago decided that they were going to give something up financially in order to sow into legacy, to make an impact in people's lives. And you and I get to sit in the seat of that sacrifice. Today, I really want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit, how can I partner with this ministry? How can through my generosity, as big or small as it might be, through my generosity, can I partner with you, God, to bring hope back to the hopeless? I want to invite our ushers forward and I want to pray over our offering today and I want to share a few announcements before we go today. Father, we thank you for all that you've done in our lives. God, help us to never lose sight to never get to a place in our life where we are not thankful for what you've done for us. God, today, as we heard from this ministry, today, as we've heard the amazing testimonies of transformation in people's lives, Lord, I pray that you would stir our heart to partner with them, that we would be a people of legacy, making an impact and a difference in the lives of others. Lord, I pray that you would multiply this gift today, Lord, in our lives, the lives of this ministry, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.